0: up close and virtual with me Katie Chu. In each episode I'll be joined by a guest where we'll be chatting about our experience of starting and running a business, the lessons that we've learned along the way, we'll be sharing our top tips and of course best practice. Expect to be entertained, enlightened and empowered. Happy listening! Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning to anybody who's listening out there at different places around the world. I'm delighted this afternoon to be chatting with a fantastic Sam of Eventify. Sam and I have got to know each other Oh god, I think we first connected a couple of years ago, didn't we, Sam? Um yeah. Through netten yet again, the the powerhouse that is Alicia Fairclough, EA yeah. how, yeah, EA how to. I think um, I'm going to have to start asking Alicia for some sort of feedback on this because uh, I think she gets mentioned on pretty much every single podcast that I record. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Alicia had interviewed Sam for um, a series, or, an episode that she was doing, wasn't she, on events yeah. for the How to Group? That's right. Yeah, that's right. right. Attended and enjoyed enormously, and it happened to coincide with a time when I was trying to organise a silver wedding anniversary party for myself right in the height of covid and lockdowns and all those sort of things so reached out to sam and she was brilliant and i still think to this day and probably for years to come will be the most memorable memorable party i've ever thrown we did banging bingo Um, We had attendees from all over the world, including Boston in America, um, and we had the most incredible night. And I can still remember the hangover the next day, but it was amazing. (laughs) I asked Sam to come on today's podcast because I really want to get insight into the events industry and also to our virtual assistant listeners, give them a few kind of key pointers, hints and tips on managing and running events. And Sam is the absolute guru for that. So I'm going to stop waffling on for a second now um, and hand over to Sam, who's going to sort of introduce herself um, and give us a bit about her experience and um, the history of Eventify. Sam, over to you.
1: Thanks, Katie. So as uh, Katie lovely introduced me, I'm Sam, um, Director and Co-Founder of Eventify. Um, Eventify is an independent event agency and event management company. Myself and my business partner Rebecca Thomas founded um, the company just over um, four years ago and um, we've both had a very varied uh, career in events before we came into Eventify and um, We both met at um, our previous jobs at Merlin Entertainments, where um, I was head of events. Uh, Becky was a senior event manager. And one day we were sat there and just thought, hang on, why don't we do this for ourselves? Um, We'd kind of got to the stage where we weren't really managing events anymore. We were managing people and managing numbers. And as much as that was nice, it wasn't as nice as managing events. Um, And then I think maybe. Ten months later, Eventify was born. It kind of just happened. Um, we just rolled with it. We went with it and um, handed in our notice, both left at the same time and uh, started
0: Eventify. Um Amazing. I've never looked back. I bet you haven't. And do you know what I think I've never looked back is so often the thing that I hear from people who have been brave enough to set up their own business and go out on their own. I think it is life-changing. It really is. And I don't think Becky
1: or I would really ever think we gave it enough thoughts, probably, yeah. which is probably a good thing because if we had, we probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah. We both had fantastic support at home. But equally, we both had fantastic, secure jobs that were, were very much secure. And then it kind of just happened. And I think had we given it too much thought, we probably wouldn't, wouldn't be where we are today. Um, but we are a yin and yang of each other, um, but get on fantastically well, um, have very similar but also opposing views sometimes, which I think you need. Um, and we're not in each other's pockets. Um, all the time which is very healthy for a business partnership Um, but yeah it's it's been a, a fantastic ride
0: take COVID out that ride Um, We talking about that I suspect absolutely at some point during our conversation and just sort of going back to those early days Sam and reflecting on starting did you and Becky sort of huddle away quietly while you were still working to kind of plan and execute or did you just go cold turkey resign and then let's start it
1: no, we, we did huddle away. I think our first conversation, like actual proper conversations about it, right, starting our business plan started in my dining room, yes. um, <laughs> probably in I think it was the September time. And then we launched Eventify the following May. So yeah. there was there was some uh, groundwork to be done yeah. outside of our, our real life job at the time. um, And then yeah, it was it was a good couple of months in the making.
0: Yeah. So I think reflecting on that, starting four years ago, and we look at back at the timeline that we're looking at, nobody's going to forget that two years of that were in the height of COVID. How did you cope with all of that? I mean, let's face it—you're an events business. This is all about people. This is about face to face. It's about in a room. How how did you cope? It
1: was it was tricky. I mean everything that events is about was ripped away from us um we positively said to one another when we heard the the first inklings of of covid oh that's not gonna be a thing it won't last you know all all those all those nice things that we all thought would happen and, and obviously that was the complete opposite and um, there was some sort of phase one of covid for us was very much firefighting and mm-hmm. um, Go, going through cancellation terms of, of events that were booked in obviously trying to get some money back save some bits for clients but also we're, we're in that sort of middle position where we're we're working with clients and we have a very good relationship with venues so we we needed to salvage both sides of that um because the industry would have just completely fallen flat on its face had everything just w- wiped out yeah but also we have that dedication to our clients that we need to get them the best value possible so there was a real balance in that and i i have to admit that i was actually on maternity leave during that point um, so poor becky was very much firefighting that on her own mm-hmm. um and then when i came back into the mix was probably in the early summer of of covid that first year mm-hmm. um and we just had to pivot to what what the industry needed and what our clients wanted so we quickly learned about virtual events and um, hybrid wasn't a thing at the time yeah. um, because yeah. obviously you couldn't go out so everything was completely virtual and I think the thing that really benefited us was we are small we're independent and we can make a decision there and then we don't have boards to go through we you know if we wanted to to buy a piece of software we can buy a piece of software straight away so we to, we were still talking to our clients, you know keeping up to what they wanted and and we just pivoted to to do to answer those those solutions really that our clients needed, which was completely virtual yeah um and did
0: you they find, all look different yeah, they do all look different don't they and and did you find that you were able to find a virtual solution in most cases yeah, I think the the benefit of hindsight gives
1: you a wider perspective of the fact that you know it they didn't answer the real event need they but at the time they really did tick a box and we did some fantastic virtual events i mean we had one that was um reaching all across the globe we had um I was doing the night shift while Becky was doing the day shift so we had virtual event running pretty much 24 hours wow. across three days so we could reach Australia time zones APAC time zones and, and EMEA time zones so and we we did some really cool events and, and we also did some really good socials, which was the trickiest thing, I think, during COVID. And, and what people missed the most and longed for the most was that social connectivity with their teams. Um, and we really managed to find a good solution for that. It definitely had its... It's um, it's day. People very much got Zoom virtual event fatigue, and um, but like your um anniversary celebration, you mentioned it didn't have to be boring, and 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 sometimes no. it it brought a wider audience together than you would have ever had in in the real
0: world. Absolutely. It was far from boring. I mean, genuinely, genuinely, I still get sort of mentions of it from the people who are attending it. And in fact, I think my my oldest and best mate has been in touch with you recently because she wants to do something similar. So yeah. it, it is, It it was extremely well received and it was just a really great night genuinely a really great night
1: yeah I think there, there was some real real winners within within that time and um, and I think as long as you didn't come into it with too much preconception and you just specifically for the social type of events you just sort of let your hair down yeah then it, you you're always going to be in for a good time. We did a series of virtual events actually for our clients um throughout that period in Covid where it was all all virtual. Anyone could sign up really yeah. um and they were we did a cook-along, we did um a bang bingo um I still don't like the name of that but you know um we we'll, we'll,
0: yeah, we'll I can't remember the, <laughs> name of the couple who were organizing it but I mean she she was in full silver fancy dress because it was our silver wedding anniversary I mean she'd obviously really thought about the detail as well as everything, yeah. and and just the level of detail of things that, you know we did a sort of Mr and Mrs quiz and you know that was all kind of set up in advance and just the level of attention to detail with everything that you do I know is absolutely phenomenal How, what what would you? Th- how would you describe events now? Are, are you back to what I would call in inverted commas normal or? Yeah, I think we pretty much are. I mean, there's
1: still um, the odd virtual event that comes through. And um, we've actually got, we're working on a proposal for a completely virtual event uh, coming up in March. Most things now are normal, but perhaps with a hybrid spin. Yeah. Um. But, I I think really normal is probably the best way to describe it now. It's certainly as busy as normal um, and the The demand for events is there.
0: Yeah, and I think that hybrid is really interesting. Um, I'm actually, funnily enough, organising an event um, for one of the big Cambridge University schools next week. And they have been absolutely insistent that it has to be hybrid. Um, not for ge- ge- for ge- geography, it, largely because they are wanting to ensure that they get as many attendees as possible. And there are still a layer and level of people who don't want to go out and mix and socialise and all that sort of thing. So it's very much more about catering for everybody. Um, what, what would you kind of say... With when it comes to the hybrid events you know what advice would you give to those people who are trying to organize them and making them successful because you can feel quite disjointed absolutely I think it's a
1: it's a real uh, challenge and I think if you are considering hybrid you really need to consider what you're trying to achieve with that because I think there's and there's so many ways of, of looking at hybrid what is hybrid is it that the presenter or the host is live mm-hmm. and everybody is watching it virtually is it the event is live but you can also attend virtually or is it the event is being filmed and you can and watch that afterwards yeah. that there, there's three different sort of elements there really I Personally, think people need to be very careful with the hybrid because you can. There is so much that you lose as a hybrid attendee to an event, and I think there is a danger of us as a as as people getting to that point where we just find that an easy excuse not to go out and do something. And I think the value of meeting people face to face quite often outweighs the content of of an event. I very much think it it has its benefits geographically it can bring like we just said glo- global countries together um but i i feel like any sort of virtual hybrid needs to have a level and quite a high level of of live activity to it to make sure the engagement is is high and okay. um, i think it you always need some sort of live audience but i think the danger is by offering two, you you get you almost offer people a get out of jail free card
0: to <laughs> not come. <laughs> um, I think it's also that thing of whoever is hosting it when it's hybrid has got to be very careful to ensure that they involve the audience as a whole, so those who are sitting face to face and the attendees who are sitting there remotely. And you've also got to be very careful to ensure that you are keeping an eye on those who want to make contributions to that meeting or that event but they're they're sitting on a laptop um you Absolutely. know the host has a huge amount of responsibility when you're running that
1: type of event definitely and I think a lot of consideration needs to be given to the the production technical aspect of that I think a lot of people think oh it's fine I'll just log on to zoom and stick the camera in front of the yeah. speaker that that's not going to cut it the, the person is not looking at the other end of it is not going to have the same experience or anywhere close I think we you need to make sure the sound is right the engagement is right I think not relying on a simple chat function within a zoom for example and zoom and teams are fantastic tools they really are and I I I think they're the the need of a a more sophisticated platform is probably not not there anymore i think you can do everything you need in zoom teams but it needs to be done properly whereas in the live the live sphere you'd have a tech desk at the back of the room and it being controlled it's it's the same with a hybrid style of event it needs a proper cameraman it needs a proper sound feed it needs someone managing a slido poll for interactions it's all of that needs to be thought about and it's not just as simple as setting up a zoom meeting
0: and I think I think that's really good advice to anybody who is listening out there who is looking at those hybrid event management um you know tick boxes of things to do <laughs> is absolutely check through the tech and just make sure that it is up to it and that you've got the right people doing the right job and making sure that they're monitoring all of the attendees contributions not just absolutely their- Funnily enough, you mentioned Teams and Zoom. I was going to ask you if you had to be absolutely nailed to the cross, Teams or Zoom? In which world? In in event delivering an event in 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 an event management capacity, Teams or Zoom?
1: Zoom. It's got more functionality. There's more things you can do with it. Teams on a day-to-day basis is great, but as a an event delivery tool, Zoom would be my go-to.
0: And I think just then, sort of moving on from that, I I know that our listeners who are organising events, are going to really want to know what your sort of key things to consider and sort of top five things that need to be done when you're managing an event.
1: I think the thing a lot of people miss, and it seems really basic is is what you're actually trying to achieve what are your aims and objectives and sometimes that can get lost in amongst the the other bits of planning like what what are you really trying to achieve by delivering this event and I think that then helps everything else that's probably the first question we would ask our clients is why are you doing this is it do you want people to come together and celebrate are you having fun is there a key message you need to get across are you bringing your team together are you bringing clients in like what what is that piece because then the rest of it shapes around that and sometimes people forget what they're doing it for really and so many times the order of things is is muddled up so somebody comes to us with a oh I I want to do this event and actually it doesn't work in the the budget that they've got or the type of venue that they can afford and all of that sort of stuff. So I really think trying to really understand what you're trying to achieve is is the first thing to do. Then where
0: do you want it to be? I would underpin that as well for any of the the assistants who are out there is challenge the person who's asking you to run the event for that information so that you are absolutely briefed to be able to get the event to the standard and or audience that you are actually aiming it at
1: absolutely i couldn't agree more and i think that's something that we've learned as as an agency over the last few years is not just to take a brief at face value either to really dig down into to what our client is asking because sometimes what it looks like on paper isn't actually what it is and what it it means and i think so many times at the beginning when we were learning about all of this sort of stuff we just look at it and take it from as face value rather than ask questions or you know challenge something now we, we're brave enough to challenge something and question a, a part of a brief that we think could be improved or could be
0: tweaked slightly to to fit with the overall outcome and you can't do that unless you've got the aims and objectives okay so number one aims and objectives nailed yeah
1: number two where I think where is a really key thing and now that brings in is it hybrid, is it virtual, is it live, it, What what is it, what does it look like and recently the where bit has really been interesting for us a lot to do with the, the, tra- the travel strikes. Yeah. So many of our clients have been put off so now where we were in central London for example we're looking on the outskirts now in, in the suburbs because it's we're not relying on the trains to get there. People will be driving. Um. So what? Where is that? Where? Where are you going to do it? And um, that's a key thing to us. Is it your your delegates will all be coming on the tube? In which case, it's a couple of minutes walk. Is it? We want somewhere country. Um. Because we want everybody to be dedicated to there. We don't want to lose people. You know what? What does that piece look like? I think that's really key. And then when? So many times we would get the oh, we're doing it in the summer. For us, as as an event um, booker, we need specific dates because dates at venues, uh, sorry, rates at venues fluctuate. Um, that, so unless we know uh, at least a day of the week, we can't really get you um, a good idea. And also it's it's kind of a wasted journey for everybody if we don't have a specific date or series of dates to be looking at availability is is the main thing really um so i think that those are sort of top three Um, i hate to bring it up but budget is probably another one Um,
0: that age-old question yeah. you get the or you get to it and you ask the person who you're talking to about it and they say oh it's it's limitless and then you give them a price then well actually <laughs> that's our favorite <laughs> yeah i don't have a budget
1: oh but that's over budget Great, <laughs> um, because there is the the events market is almost too saturated now. There are so many options that out there, which is fantastic, but also there are a lot of in entry level venues that will you can bog standard. You'll get a really good event, but it won't cost you the earth. And then you've got the five star luxury. Mm-hmm ridiculously expensive budgets and and everything in between. So if you if you don't give us an idea of budget, then that really doesn't help us narrow narrow it down at all. And um, and I think it's sort of people's expectations of budgets at the moment are really quite warped for want of a better word. You just can't get much for your money anymore. Whereas before you could get a, a nice DDR rate for sorry, a day delegate rate in a hotel for sort of around 80, 100 pounds that that's not necessarily the case anymore Mm -hmm. um and it's certainly bedroom rates are a lot higher than people expect so i think having a a broader expectation Mm -hmm. of what you can get for your money is is probably wise
0: i mean if if somebody is thinking about Doing a big corporate event or whatever it might be, and they they are interested in reaching out. Doing, I mean, I think the wonderful thing about Eventify and and Sam is that they'll help you. They will advise you. So you know, if you say my budget is only 100 quid a hundred quid ahead, well, they'll come up with a solution as to what hundred quid ahead will get you. But I think you know, just just be very open and very honest about what your constraints are. And if budget is a constraint, then bring it up. But there is absolutely.
1: I don't know if I I don't know anybody that hasn't got a budget constraint really in in reality so we're so used to working with that and actually we would rather that at the beginning because it makes everybody's lives a lot easier and and we will scour our known venues and recommended venues to to really understand what you can help you achieve and if it's really not doable then we will be honest and and give you some options of how we can make it work as best as possible
0: Okay, so we've done aims, where, when and budget. Is there a fifth magic ingredient in there?
1: I think you've really got to be true to yourself of how much time you've got to do this. Um, Event planning, event management is very much (laughs) its own job. I've I've got a career out of it. So for EAs, PAs, VAs, it's an extra which you just quite often don't have the time to do and whether that's the time to venue find or whether that's the time to do the whole thing can look very different to different people but I think being completely honest with yourself of how much time can you dedicate to it and what support do you need and that might be within your team internally, that might be using an agency, that might, it it could look completely different but I think it's it's such a grand job or it can be such a a large scale job that you really need to understand what what capacity you have to do it
0: and also your limitations um you know and i think you have got to be really honest if if event management is not your bag don't try and organize the office christmas party because you will hate every (laughs) second. And not only that, you'll then hate the party at the end of it. So, yeah, yeah. you don't enjoy it. No, exactly. And, and, you know, one of the things when I do my VA coaching and mentoring is I always say to people whatever you do in terms of offering for your services, focus on the things that you really enjoy and get massive satisfaction out of doing. Don't sell services that you hate because you will just be setting yourself up to fail. And I think that that's exactly the same ethos that you need to apply when you're thinking about or somebody's approached you to run the office Christmas party. If it's your bag, brilliant. If it's not, outsource it. Find somebody. Absolutely. To do it for you. Um, or, you know, work with a colleague who loves it. I mean, I've got another client and I work with a girl who is just brilliant at events and she loves it. And I'm like, fine. You do it. Over to (laughs) you. Absolutely. And we're not in
1: this business to try and take the fun stuff away from people either. So we would be very open to a discussion with somebody like yourself to say, what which bits do you want to do? How much involvement do you want? And Becky and I very much um pride ourselves on on making our our services very bespoke so that there isn't a one-size-fits-all. You might be interested in doing the food tasting and the entertainment bit, but you're not interested in what the table looks like or no. the lighting or all that sort of stuff. So we can we can work with our clients in very different ways. So you have still have the experience that you want, um, but without all of the stuff you don't want.
0: <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah, you might be brilliant at flower arranging, do that. But if you're not interested in the uh, DJ, then walk away. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think one of the things that people get really sort of slightly bogged down in is finding the ideal venue. What are the sort of go-tos for, for, for sorting out a venue, Sam? I know you offer a, a an event finding, um, venue finding service, don't you, which is a sort of free. Of- we absolutely do. Yeah.
1: yeah. So we offer a free venue finding service. Um, the re- and the uh, reason, probably all thinking nothing in life is free, but this actually is. So we work with venues that um it's, it's an industry standard that venues pay a commission to us as a finder's fee. So that's how it's free. We do the legwork for you. Um, you would contract the venue directly. And then depending on what you need after that, it depends on how, how it goes venue finding is a minefield it's a minefield for me it's a minefield for our team and we do it day in day out i would hate to be that person that gets thrown a venue finding thing as part of their day-to-day job it takes forever if you're going to do it right it takes forever and there are i don't know how many new venue openings happening in london alone this year so make that global it's just So difficult to keep on top of that, you know, it it could be someone's whole job just to keep on top of the venues that are opening and changing and all of that sort of stuff. So it is really a minefield. We, as I said, offer a free venue finding service. So can do that legwork for you. You would... We have a really useful uh, briefing sheet, so we can either have a call, conversation to talk through what your brief looks like or our prompt sheet really helps you think about the things that you need to be thinking about for your event in order to find the right venue. We we completely understand things change, but to have a good idea of what that structure of the event looks like really helps us to find the perfect venue. Yeah. Is it a conference with five different breakout rooms at five different times or is it a standard party you know what what is it and and also that's where the what you're trying to achieve comes in because is it a bar type of venue or is it a five-star celebration we really want to wow these people type of venue or is it just a a normal conference like there's so many different things and like I said it's a minefield so um so go
0: back to that aims and objectives
1: absolutely really go back to that and um, going back to alicia <laughs> um, uh, the guru that is um, <laughs> we've shared um some che- a checklist with ea how to actually of um some pointers so that really gets you thinking about what you need to
0: be thinking about in order to find the venue and plan plan the event perfectly so for anybody who does want to get the pointers um, please do sign up to alicia's ea how-to group um, all of those sort of documents are available um, and maybe even look at taking out an ea how-to plus membership because there's even more information in there have you got a funny story that you can share with us I've got many a funny <laughs> story um,
1: that I can share with you. Um, some are probably not shareable. Um, my, when I was working for Merlin, I um, was working at Madame de once one evening. It was about three o'clock in the morning. The fire alarms went off. The sprinkler system had burst and my colleague and I were ending up mopping the um dungeon bit of magic swords <laughs> until about 6am my Primark flat shoes did not live up to expectations so since then I've upgraded um that well, I'm not sure if that's funny or just annoying um <laughs> another funny story was shutting the bar of a thousand plus people party that was a James Bond themed party that and they just would not stop they yeah. were on and on and on and on we'd shut the bar so in the end I had to get up on stage make an announcement and I just looked out at this sea of people and they all just had water pistols trained into my face <laughs> and I was thinking oh dear how am I going to get out of this luckily I stayed dry um but there's many a drunk people I aimed yes, at the in your industry story
0: you will come across more of those falling over drunk kind of stories, I think, than anybody else, I can imagine. And I suspect Absolutely. a few of them might not be for our listeners' ears.
1: But... No, probably not. The, the positions you find people in, in different areas of different bars, is quite
0: interesting. <laughs> yes. um, I can imagine a party at um, Madame Swords in the um, dungeons would have been a good one yeah they they're good i mean
1: if you' look if you're looking for a unique space that certainly ticks the box um yeah there are yeah, um they are good venues
0: yeah what is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given when it comes to running your business and running events and um, it's
1: probably it's not completely business focused this was given to me on a personal level as well but if something's not going quite right, scream, shout, kick, yeah. cry. But next day, get up and just get on with it. Um, and you can always get overcome things. And uh, that was an old boss of mine told me that on a from a personal level, but it also goes through my professional world as well. Um, and I think that's probably the strongest yeah. piece of advice just yeah, to, to pick yourself tomorrow, up and get on with it
0: tomorrow is always another day absolutely I, I had a boss who said a very similar thing which was you you're only as good as your last day's work so make, yeah. make every day count effectively um, absolutely I not agree more which was, so my father, when I first started working, I worked in the city and I used to commute in with him because we lived in the same part of South London. And um, he, he said to me one day, Daught, it doesn't matter how drunk you get the night before or how bad the hangover is, you always get up and go to work the next day because everybody will know that you were drunk the night before. And if you don't come, <coughs> them, that'll be a really bad mark against you." <laughs> That's a great piece of advice. (laughs) I absolutely have lived by that one. Absolutely lived by that one. Where do you see Eventify in the next five years, Sam? Have you got sort of plans for expansion and growth, different markets? You know, where do you see the business going?
1: Absolutely. I mean, the the first few years of Eventify, we've already grown. We've got um two two new employees with us now, so we've we've doubled in size effectively in our first uh, couple of years. So, um, going on that trajectory, we'd we'd aim to do the same. Um, what Becky and I are very much focused on is keeping our service as it currently is. We don't want to lose what Eventify is about. Um, our clients very much buy into us as people and what we can offer um so recruiting and expanding within that is is you know we need to keep that and and our team very much reflects our ethos and and what we're about but so whilst we've got growth in the plans and obviously we want to we want to expand we don't want to to lose what what we're really about yeah um
0: we don't i would say about eventify is you do feel as if you guys get to know your clients i mean i i i can't underpin that strongly enough i mean you know my experience was really detailed getting to know and understand your client before kind of walking away and putting anything together and and i guess the smaller you are the more capable you are of retaining those relationships
1: absolutely and that's that, that's really lovely to hear because that's really what we value and we can't really do our job properly unless we understand what it is you're trying to achieve and and certainly when that comes to personal events mm. that is a different level of understanding than than a big corporate event but we still need to understand at the same the same level it's just different things we're understanding so absolutely and that's really what we we don't want to lose by growing too big too quick
0: and actually funny enough that, that's one thing that we haven't really touched on is it's not to forget that you know you guys do corporate and personal so you know if there's a personal event for let's say your CEO's 60th birthday or you know something along those lines or you know as I said before, wedding anniversaries, you know, Eventify and yeah. Sam and her team are brilliant at them. So Sam, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your time and coming on and, and chatting with me today. I will make sure that all of your contact details are obviously available to all the listeners. Um, and thank you so, so much. And I'll look forward to the next wedding anniversary <laughs>
1: So it's been lovely. Thank you, Katie, for having us on. And
0: hopefully we can help out some of your listeners for their next big party or conference or whatever it might be. I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure you can. Sam, thank you. Take care. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to follow me and my guests on our social channels. All the details will be in the show notes. And please get in touch if you have any questions or topics that you might like to have covered in the next episodes, or even if you would like to be a guest yourself.